On the show today, the Scrabble champ, the CIA woman accused of treachery and the gay woman who went straight. A very good afternoon to you. You are welcome to the Thursday edition of the show. Hope you're well. If you'd like to give us a call, 1890-453-106 is our low-call number. Our text number is 53106. That will cost you 30 cent. Our email address is afternoon at newstalk.ie or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Our guest in the studio to start things off is vet Pete Wedderburn. Pete, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, John. Uh, and you were just saying before we came on air that the first law that our president-elect he'll be our president tomorrow, is going to sign into into law, will be what? There's a very high chance it's going to be the Welfare of Greyhounds bill that was passed yesterday by the Dáil at last. And um, folk involved in animal welfare in this country have been waiting for this for a long time. And the main reason we've been waiting for it, for it is not just because of the Greyhounds, but because the Breeding Establishments Act, which is the anti-puppy farm law, that's been sitting waiting to be enacted, waiting until the Greyhounds bill was passed. So now that that's been passed, mm -hmm. and once that's signed in by the President next week, um, we'll then be able to, the, the Minister will be able to enact both laws at once, the, 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 the standard dog breeding bill, if you like, and the Greyhound bill, they both come in at once, and at last, um, people, the, the authorities, the local authorities, will be able to control puppy farms. Right. And they haven't been able to do that up till now, which is why Ireland's such a big problem with straight and, and, and I assume the puppy farm is is, is, is of greater concern because you'd assume that most yeah. greyhound owners will look after their dogs anyway. It's in their interest to do so. That's correct. They didn't, they didn't want to bring in the, the, the puppy farm bill by itself, though, because that would leave greyhounds kind of in limbo. And they thought, well, look, it's logical that all, that, all dogs would be covered from this date. So they've been trying to tie the two things together. Uh, and uh, how bad is the puppy farm problem in Ireland? I don't know if you saw the programme on TV3 a few weeks ago, but really it's, it's appalling because... As the law stands at the moment, without the new legislation, anybody can do anything behind closed doors, as long as they don't physically injure dogs. So you could have 200 bitches inside a big shed with concrete walls, concrete floor, no light at all, no ventilation, and they could be in small pens producing um, a litter twice a year for eight years, and nobody could stop you from doing it. So this is like factory farming dogs, that's essentially. Exactly, that's what it is. And, and that's been going on. Ireland is known as the puppy farm capital of Europe because in, in countries like the UK, um, dog breeders have to be licensed and they're regulated by the local authorities. Mm. The new legislation Ireland will, will insist that if you have more than five bitches that are producing puppies, you do have to be licensed and you will be regulated by, by the local authorities. But up till now, that hasn't been the case. And, and, and these puppy farms as are operating at the moment, who, who are they selling the puppies to? Well, it's, it's because, it's all, because it's not regulated, nobody really knows what's going on. It's, it's all happening behind closed doors. Um, but like, if you go, if you search for a puppy on the internet in Ireland, puppy for sale, you'll find thousands of dogs and mm. the, the online um, forums where, where you know like um, done deal buy and, buy and sell all those types of um, places um, there's always dogs and cats for sale and um, who knows a lot of those could well be puppy farms and I know those online sites have done their best to try and limit um, known puppy farmers like they keep an eye on what mobile numbers are used when mm. the dogs have been sold and they do their best to stop this being the fact but it, basically anytime you buy a puppy a pedigree puppy no, there's a high chance you could be buying it from puppy farmers. So that's why people, when they're buying puppies, they shouldn't go and just um, agree to meet somebody in a car park to exchange dog and money or whatever. You know, you should go to the home of the breeder so you can actually meet the parents of the puppies and see the environment they've been brought up in. Ah, right. So, so you could be buying a puppy and you have, uh, and the person wouldn't necessarily tell you I'm earning a puppy farm. Uh, of course they would. No, why would no. they tell you? No, no, no definitely not. Uh, so, but would they be selling mostly in Ireland or, or, or can they There's a big export, export market to the UK. 
big export market. And indeed, one of the things that may be in the pipeline is, at the moment, you can just you could take 20 dogs to Britain and you don't have to show any papers or anything. You can just take them across there and put them onto the market there and away you go. James, so there's a bit but, of a loophole in British law as well then, if they can do that. Well, uh, the selling of dogs in that sort of way isn't controlled tightly. But there is talk that the, the, the pet passport that you need at the moment to go to France and the continent, yeah. there is talk that there may be a chance that that would come in it would also apply to travel from Ireland to Britain. Mm. And um, you wouldn't need to have rabies vaccines, but you would have to have documentation for the dog that you're taking across there. And if that came in, that would help, you know, keep a track of what's going on. Yeah, because you black- would have thought that uh, just on, on the basis of, of the con- containment of diseases that that would have been regulated. But no, but there aren't. There wouldn't be big disease issues between Britain and Ireland. I mean, we've got the same kind of disease yeah. bumbling away yeah. in the background. It's not yeah. a big deal, do you know? Yeah, so, so I suppose that, that's reasonable enough. And, and these are all be thorough, thoroughbred puppies. So Pedigree puppies are very valuable. It could be 500 euros, 1,000 euros, more than that, 1,500 euros for some breeds. And, you know, if you think that a bitch could have eight puppies in a litter um, and you think that often um, you might wonder is tax being paid on these transactions mm. you can see that it can be a pretty lucrative business my god so yeah so they're, they're, well obviously they're not doing it unless they're making money out of it these people well of course yeah so um, they haven't particularly wanted to be registered and licensed and controlled either so it's been a bit of a battle to get this legislation in mm. but at last it looks like as if well hopefully by the new year it'll be in law and it's then up to the local authorities to enforce it uh, well, yeah, therein possibly lies the rub in, in that it'll <laughs> yes. be up to local authorities to enforce it and that will require manpower, it will uh, women power uh, to do this. Uh, and, and do local authorities have inspectors who would do this kind of thing? Well, they, they, they would have a, a veterinary team, all right, and a dog mm-hmm. warden. I think the, the, in the long term, hopefully they'll do the right job in... in, in, in um, regulating the whole lot of the puppy farmers, but at the very least in the short term, if there are known large-scale puppy farmers in their area, they will be able to do something about it. Whereas up till now, even if they knew they were there, they couldn't touch them, they couldn't stop them at all. Whereas now they will at least be able to say, well, OK, we're going to come and inspect you on this date. Can you make sure that you've got your facilities up to scratch? Mm. And, you know, um, that kind of thing hopefully will, will start to happen very quickly. And there will be a set of regulations as to what up to scratch means. Yes, there is. There's a, there's a list There's a on the, on, the, on the Department of Environment website. You'll see there's guidelines. So, you know, it's basic stuff like making sure animals have got enough space, they've got enough... Um, bedding, ventilation, light, they're taken out for walks, they mm. get um, reasonable veterinary care, vaccinations, wormers, um, and decent food. I mean, it's nothing dramatic. What yeah. you're trying to avoid is a situation like the TV3 documentary Exposed, where there's dogs with long matted fur drenched in urine, um, just in really disgusting conditions. That's what they're trying to avoid. Mm. Uh, uh, Paul says, so why don't the government legislate for intensive pig and chicken farms also? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Which we won't answer right now. We'll come back to you. Kate says, could you ask your vet about my problem? Uh, well, he's a vet. Uh, oh, no. i sorry. We moved to a farm about eight months ago uh, with a very gentle male greyhound. On the farm is a very territorial collie who seems to be bullying my dog, following him everywhere he goes to the extent that he only goes out for a wheeze and shoots back in again. Uh, at least he's doing that. Uh, we moved here partly so we'd have a lovely big place to roam, but it's completely backfired. Is there anything I can do to boost his confidence uh, to stand his ground with her a bit more? Um, self-confidence classes for dogs. It's quite tricky, isn't it? It is, A really. dog is the way it is. Yeah. The best thing you can do is try to get that collie controlled, mm. um, which is difficult if it's kind of private property. If it's public property, you know, you, you could people aren't allowed to have dogs wandering in public 
areas. You know, you have to, you're obliged by law to have your dog under effective control. So um, if, if that dog is sort of wandering from half a mile down the road into your area, then... Yeah, you she can... says on the farm is a very territorial collie. Well, so like perhaps private, the collie really. went with, came with the farm. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's difficult then, isn't it? Um, dogs will be dogs and, y- y- you know... Um, I really don't know a way to make a dog dramatically more confident. Yeah. Um, I suppose familiarity with the other dog, you know, in time, um, animals don't like conflict any more than us humans, and in time, conflict does tend to resolve as animals get used to each other. Mm. Um, so you'd hope that that might happen, that they might, you know, if you can deliberately encourage them to spend time playing together, yeah. they might actually end <laughs> this up... This is like the parenting class, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, one, one thing that we have for dogs that you don't have for humans, though, is you, you have special collars they can wear that exude pheromones, and the pheromones make them feel more tranquil and calm. Oh. Now, I, I think it would be great if you could get them into kindergartens, but they're not made for humans yet. They are made for dogs. Well, yeah, once for humans, it'd be great as well. They would be, yeah. But you could put one of those on the two dogs, and they might then just start to feel a bit less uh, stressy, and, you know, that could help. That could help. Uh, I bought a Westie. I'm pretty sure the, do- the poor dog was farmed. Took ages to get her healthy. I did ring the WSPCA to alert them. Though I don't know. There's, there's well, the, pro- the problem. The, the problem was that up till this legislation, the SPCA's could do nothing at all. Mm. You know, like I say, under the ancient animal welfare legislation that we have in this country, um, if an animal is badly abused in lots of ways, you can do nothing at all as long as there's no physical injury. The only time that law can take any action is if there's a physical injury to the dog. So it can be half starved, it can be given just chucked some food every two days and it can never be taken for a walk and just collect, locked up in a, a dark shed all the time and they're not breaking the law. Mm. So that's a whole other kettle of fish because the next thing that's on the legislation pipeline for animals is the new Animal Health and Welfare Act, which is being debated at the moment actually in the committee stage and so on and it will come in hopefully during next year and um, so us lot in the animal and in the animal arena we're kind of saying well government look there is a big economic crisis but you know we do have to look after the animals of Ireland as well and so it is important to focus on this too uh, Liz makes an interesting point this uh, puppy farming thing I think is driven by this daft idea held by people who want a pedigree dog this snobbery is crazy now there's nothing wrong per se with a pedigree dog but at the same time you can get dogs who are kind of a very nervous and highly strong because they've been deliberately bred as pedigree dogs. Well, I, th- I mean, it, there's also the issue of pedigree dog health. If you think about it, if you get a dog insured for vet's fees, it'll cost you 50% more to get a pedigree dog insured compared to a crossbred dog. Mm. And that's because pedigree dogs are more likely to get sick. So if you want a healthy dog, choose a crossbred dog. And there's, you know hundreds of rescues around the country who have, have animals that are begging for homes. And so I'd normally suggest people go to a place like that to get a dog. But at the same time, the advantage of a pedigree dog is that it's more predictable because dogs turn out like their parents, just like we turn out like our parents. Right, you know? yeah. It's all genetic, or most of it's genetic. So if you buy a pedigree dog, you can be pretty assured it's going to grow up the way you know, you know what it's going to turn out like, mm. you know. Um, and so that's why people get pedigree dogs often. It's not just snobbery. It's also, it does make sense sometimes if you, if, you, if you feel you've got space in your life for a particular kind of animal, it's a bit more predictable if you get a pedigree dog. I suppose if you want a dog who's good with kids and that kind of stuff, you, yeah. you'd be more predictable that way. But a lot of the rescue centres have got very good at sussing out the, behave, the, the behaviour and temperament of, of the rescue dogs. Yeah. And um, they're very, very good now at matching those dogs to the right kind of homes. Mm. So I know people are scared of sometimes getting a rescue 
dog who thinks it's going to be a half mad thing which yes. is which has been rejected from home before and so why would it settle down in your home but that's not actually the case often if you get somebody who matches the dog to the home it can work out really really well if you get a rescue dog yeah okay well we have to take a commercial break we'll chat more with Pete after this Moncrief thanks to dumdeal.ie find it buy it sell it News Talk 106 to 108 as we age we slow down a little but that doesn't mean we have to stop Quite the opposite, in fact. Ride a bike, walk a dog, climb a hill. Say slow to the telly and let's get Ireland moving again. A recent survey showed the average 50-year-old has the joint age of a person aged 64. However, the active 55 range, specially designed to help those over 50 maintain supple and flexible joints, can help us move more freely. Seven Cs, active 55. If only everything moved as well. I was looking for an exemplary home insurance policy. Uh, this is not my voice. Uh, this is actually me. So I was shopping around for a good home insurance deal and I called FBD. FBD. Well, they weren't really like that. Hi, Jenny speaking. How can I help? They gave me a 20% no claims discount because I'd been two years claim free. It was no big deal, just a good deal. Call 1890-617-617 or go online. FBD. Our policy is you. Benefits apply to the FBD Home Multi-Peril Policies. Terms and conditions apply. FBD Insurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 106 to 108. The new Audi Q3. Sometimes all you need is less. Because smaller space demands bigger ideas. This urban SUV crosses tradition with innovation, comfort with style. The new Audi Q3, designed to move your world. For a test drive, local 1890-444-445 or visit audi.ie slash Q3. Audi, Forsprung durch Technik. Harvey Norman, big deals! Catalog out now, bursting with 30 big deals! Each incredible deal number, never to be repeated across computer, electrical, furniture and bedding! Big deal five! Satellite dish and receiver, an amazing 48 euro! Big deal! Deal 16. Toshiba laptop with 6 gig RAM. Now 379 save 100 euro. Big deal 26. Solid wood dining table with black glass inserts. Only 99 euro. Big deals. Catalog out now. Don't miss out. Moncrief. Thanks to dumbdeal.ie. Find it, buy it, sell it. 1890-453-106 is our low-call number. Our text number is 53106. That will cost you 30 cents. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Vet Pete Wedderburn uh, is still with us. Helen and Bray uh, wants to know, uh, I took a pregnant stray dog this summer. We now have 10 puppies, which are a full-time job. They stay mostly in the kitchen and their room has to have their bedding changed twice a day. I have four kids, so these puppies are really well socialised. I was going to put them online, but I've been told not to, as people use these kind of pups for bait for fighting dogs. I've no idea how to get homes for these beautiful dogs, says Helen. Does that happen, that people would use them as well, bait? Unfortunately, there's a, there's a huge hidden uh, world of, of dogs being used for fighting. And, you know, people, again, people don't know much about it because it's happening in a hidden way. Mm. But it's definitely out there. Um, and um, to, to blood these fighting dogs, they like to have kind of placid, easy meat, if you like. And so any smaller... Um, gentle type of animal is a potential victim. So if you 
sell dogs online, how do you know somebody's not going to come along and, and, and buy a dog for that purpose? Having said that, I, I, I sometimes think that people do sometimes get upset about online animal selling websites, but I don't really see online being any different to any, you know, mm. you put a sign up in the supermarket or you put a thing in a local newspaper. You know, all, all it is is a way of communicating. So I don't see that online is necessarily any worse than anything else. Yeah. But if I was that person, I'd probably try to see if I could link up with one of the animal rescue groups who have kind of processes in place for for help for sussing out new owners you know and they would have probably um uh, lists of people who are waiting for particular types of animals and if you work through a group like that to to to, to find home for puppies it's more likely that you're going to get the right kind of customer there's some kind of a guarantee there uh, is there any recommended dog for young kids that does not need walking a lot or do all dogs need to be taken out for walks what about a king charles spaniel what about a cat <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, I think I think I think I think um basically all dogs need to go for a walk. What what I've heard said, and I love this figure: twenty five minutes twice a day. It's very precise, isn't it? Mm. But that's what they say: twenty five minutes twice a day. And you don't necessarily need to take. It's not just a physical exercise. Dogs actually like going out and about. So if you have a, a very infirm animal, you could put it in the back of the car and take it for a drive. Mm. Like they like they get bored looking at the four walls all the time just like we do they mm. like to have a bit of entertainment so you have to kind of factor that in when you're getting a dog whatever you're doing whatever type of dog whatever sort of household you have 25 minutes twice a day and if you can't do that then you shouldn't get a dog basically right okay that's a good straight answer uh, how, uh, can you tell me how to stop my dog jumping up on everyone he is a cotton to tiller or whatever that is Never well, that. Uh, well basically they should stop rewarding it for jumping up they must be rewarding the dog for jumping up otherwise it wouldn't keep doing it dogs only keep doing things if they get rewarded for doing it. In other words, mm. they enjoy doing it. So you might be saying, no, 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 you silly dog, stop jumping up right now. And that's what you say. What the dog hears is, ooh, ooh, And the dog, <laughs> the dog loves it, you know. Because dogs yeah. don't speak English. It's not, exactly. not a well-known fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think everyone would cop onto that, but they don't. They keep on doing things like pushing the dog with their hands and they think they're telling the dog go away, whereas actually, fact, the dog is seeing it as come on up, come on up. So it's, you know... Um, you, you need to be consistent in what you do all the time and everybody. And I suppose that the real answer is you have to teach a dog to sit and stay and consistently sit and stay. And then you come into the room in a situation where it might jump up and because you've got the dog in a sit and stay position, the dog stays there and you reward it for sitting and staying. Yes. And it gradually learns, oh, I get more good stuff for sitting and staying than I do for jumping up. God, this is so like the parenting slot. This is exactly <laughs> the same thing you'd say for a child. Uh, now, this is not a question you'd probably ask about a child. Would getting my hyper dog neutered calm him down in any way? Well, it depends how he's hyper. Like, um, if he's hyper as in mounting things, um, then, you know, well, yes, getting a mutable stop that. Mm. If he's hyper as in running around a room, cocking his leg and everything in sight, yes, it would stop that. If he's hyper as just being a, 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 um, a larger-than-life bouncy dog, well, no, neutering won't change him because that's not a particularly male thing. That's just a being-alive thing. So um, it would be wrong to get him neutered and to expect that that's going to make him into a docile lump because he's not one. Mm. Uh, the, uh, Robin says, we have a 12-month-old golden Labrador. She sleeps outside in a wooden kennel. I'm going to insulate it, but I'm worried about temperatures like last winter. How cold can they sleep out in? It depends on what they get used to. The main thing is that they have somewhere that's draft 
free and dry and um, has got nice bedding inside it. And, it and and it depends on the type of dog what did they say it's a Labrador is uh, it? A Labrador yeah Yeah. so a Labrador wouldn't be, be better than a, a fine skinned sort of Doberman or you know something with a very uh, a greyhound type who haven't got so much natural insulation um, but I would say common sense has to apply and if you know if you have a dog like that that's used to sleeping outside in an average winter it's probably okay if it's bitterly cold thick snow mm. with any should at least put some heating into the kennel. You can get these microwavable um, pads, you know, put them in a the microwave for 10 minutes and then it stays warm for like 12 hours. And so you can put one of those in the kennel with the dog. Oh, central, central heating kind of thing. Uh, if you have two dogs that play in a large garden, do they need walks? Yes. They do. I'm sorry. So many, so that many was people. That was a hopeful question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh no. I don't know. Look, he's got a lovely big garden. He doesn't need to go for a walk. If you look at those dogs in those big gardens, do they go for a wander around the garden? No, they don't. They just stay at the back. You know, they don't. They don't use space like we would. Mm. They still need to go for walks. Now, that walk, if you wanted, you could, if you like, um, go around, go into your garden and explore it with your dog and play with your dog. That, that's okay. But do- you can't expect dogs to to use up the right amount of mental and physical energy on their own in the garden, even with another dog. No. Uh, I have a 10-week-old uh, Labrador puppy. He has a mad hour about two or three times a day when he starts to nip and bite me or my shoes. Is there anything I can do to stop this? I know a puppy is a puppy and will act like one, but I just need him to know who the boss is. Also, do you recommend any website for a complete novice with the best intentions? I assume that's for... Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- that website will probably answer the first question as well. There's a website called detail. Org, I think it's Dog Trainers Association of Ireland, right? Detail.org, and it's um, basically a listing of dog of, of if you like recognised dog trainers in Ireland, and it's a good place to go because it's got it lists trainers all across the country. So whether you're in Cork or Galway or Limerick or Dublin, you'll find a dog trainer close to you. And so, as far as dealing with specific problems like that overactive puppy. You really are best to get into regular training with your dog to engage a dog train to teach you how your dog minds work, mm-hmm. how your dog's mind work, and then to teach you the right way to respond to that. Nearly all dog behavior problems come down to the fact that um, owners, humans, don't interact with their dogs in the correct way. And we, we treat them like humans and we, we don't, or we get too cross with them or we don't get cross enough with them and we just don't know really what we're doing. Mm. So you need to be taught what to do by somebody who knows what it's all about and that means working with a dog trainer. How do I stop my one-year-old dog eating everything in the house? Well, yeah. (laughs) Dogs love eating things. They love it. So what you have to do is don't say stop eating things. You have to say eat this. This is good to eat. And so what you do is you get a nice chew thing for them that they love using. Mm. So my favourite thing is a red rubber Kong. It looks a bit like one of these microphones that we've got here, only it's made of red rubber. And it's got a hollow centre. And you stuff it with food, put it in the deep freeze, and then give it to the dog in the morning. Instead of its breakfast, it has this Kong that's filled with frozen food. And the dog will then chew that to get the food out. And it'll take it about an hour or something to get the food out. And meantime, it's not chewing your house for that hour. That's very clever. Pete, always a pleasure to have you in. Thanks for doing so. Pete Wedderburn there, folks. We'll be back with the news.